vacation, a cruise vacation. How many have been on a cruise before? Okay, a few of you. I love cruises. I didn't think I'd like it, but I really do. I'd, I'd like to go. It's cheap now, too. So uh, book your cruise. Maybe we'll be on the same cruise. Imagine yourself on a cruise, and it's a perfect day at sea, and you're on the deck, and you got this table and a chair, and all the time in the world enjoying yourself. It's Sunday, so you brought your Bible. You thought you should do your devos today, especially since you're missing church. And then all of a sudden, a smiling stranger approaches you. And uh, somebody like you. If you're a man, it's a man. If it's a woman, if you're a woman, it's a woman about your age. And the stranger approaches you and says, I notice you have a Bible. I don't have any religion. But you know, I was always curious. What, what does it take to become a Christian? Could you tell me? Now, in that scenario, would you uh, immediately and confidently share the gospel basics with this stranger? Or would you be kind of flustered and tongue-tied? You know, this is not a trivial question. It's getting close to elections, so we're going to vote. So, uh, do you agree or disagree? The most important thing... The most important thing that any man, woman, uh, boy or girl could do is get right with God. Getting right with God is the most important thing that anyone could do. If you agree, raise your hand. If you disagree, raise your hand. Oh, some of you are not voting. (laughs) Now, here's the next question. After you are right with God, the most important thing you can do is to help somebody else get right with God. How many agree with that? How many agree with that? Okay. How many do you disagree? All right. At least I didn't say have any no's. You know, um, with that scenario, with that question in mind, and thinking about that stranger who was really wanting to know at the cruise vacation, would you uh, instantly and confidently be able to share the gospel basics? Or would you kind of be flustered and tongue-tied? You know, I had that question decades ago when I was a young man. Some of you think I'm a young man now. I was much younger back then. And uh, I was a uh, summer camp counselor at a Salvation Army camp. And I had little kids under my jurisdiction. Now you think, oh, summer, summer camps, that's for rich kids. Well, the Salvation Army, you know, Christmas time with those bell ringers, they raise a lot of money to send these inner city kids who would never go to camp, they send them to camp. I was at Camp Gilmore in Southern California, and it, it was a great time. I had a, a cabin full of six uh, rambunctious uh, kids from uh, South Central and Watts. Imagine that. And uh, we had fun hiking and, and swimming and playing games and, and uh, doing all these fun things, having great meals. But I knew the most important thing I can do is to help these boys get right with God. A few of them had some church background, 
but most of them were new to God, new to the Bible. And I could have, you know, got a Bible and said, here, boy, um, you got a week, and I want you to read this, and you'll find out about God. If you did this with an adult, it's not going to work. So how, how can it happen with a little kid? So I asked God, please help me, God. Help me to know what to share with these young boys. You know, we had fun during the day, but just before bed, we had devotion times. And God answered my prayer. He did that with this. And I'm going to share what this is to you today. So this is what I would do. Everybody's in their bunks. And uh, I'm going around. And uh, we talk about the meals we have, these wonderful meals. And I, we talk about little t different tastes. You know, the, the, some like salty food and some like sour bitter food, but you know, it's universal. Everybody likes sweet. And I asked the boys, what makes food or dessert sweet? Well, it's sugar. Where do we store the sugar? We store it in a sugar jar. Now, you knock off the vowels and you have five consonants. That's an acrostic. And every night, I'd share one thing with the boys. Now, I looked to the S and said, boys, what does this stand for? Uh, Salvation Hour Camp? Sal Salvation! Or, good guess, no. Uh, savior! Good guess. No, it's a three-letter word. What's a three-letter word? Come on, quickly. Sin. I said, what is sin, boys? Well, lying, cheating, stealing, uh, hitting somebody, you know, going to the girls' cabins for panty, panty raids, uh, uh, saying mean things about the guest preacher. That's a sin. Well, I, I gave the boys... A kid's story. It's the Delta King story. Delta King, isn't that uh, uh, old Sacramento, that big boat? Yes, you know what? This is a kid's story, but it helps bring the point across because I have a million dollars here, okay? And I have a contest. If you can jump from the Delta King all the way to where Rachel is, you know, that's uh, Yolo County, I'll give you a whole year to practice, and you get a million dollars. And, of course, most people say, oh, that's crazy. But some of them uh, took, it, took it seriously, and, then, you know, they did jumping jacks and squats and exercises. One year rolls past, and sure enough, we count up the money. Here it is, a million dollars here, and we have a lineup of contestants. And one by one, they jump off the deck of the Delta King and they're trying to reach Yolo County, one by one by one. Guess what happened? Guess what happened? One by one, they plopped him to the river. You know, we had somebody pull him out. You know why? It's impossible. It's impossible for a human being to jump from the Delta King to Yolo County. And so the Bible says that all have sin and fall short. Now, it's actually saying the same thing twice 
because the word for sin is, um, the meaning of sin is to meet, uh, miss the mark. So imagine another analogy. When you have unlimited arrows, and just say, uh, you know, that little spider web there, that's the target. And I'm, I'm trying my best to hit that target, those spider webs. It's going to the right, the left, up and down. I can spend all eternity, I'm missing the mark. I'm doing my best. All have missed the mark, all have fallen short of the glory of God. So I tell this to my guys, I'm a chaplain at Juvenile Hall, and you think, a sin, you must have been something bad, you're a bad guy. No, even the good guys who are trying are always missing, they're always falling short, even though they want to go to God. And they fall short. Now the consequences of falling short, uh, you get wet, you get kind of embarrassed, and your buddies keep, you know, reminding you of the day where you, you know, what a crazy thing to think you can jump over. What's the penalty of sin? The wages of sin is much greater. So there's actually three things that make sin worse. Some people say you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, and you say, ugh, they're kind of, they're upset at that. You're calling me a bad guy? I try to do things. No, that's the point. You try, you try, you try, you try your hardest. You try to, uh, to uh, get that bullseye. You try to jump over. You're falling short. And the, the bad news is everyone here has fallen short. Even Kathy has fallen short. She's missed the mark. And of course, the guys at Juvenile Hall, at Folsom Prison, we know they do bad things. But even those who try, and what doubles the bad news is the penalty for the consequence of missing the mark is death. You say, is this the gospel message? I thought gospel is good news. Well, you really need to understand the bad news to appreciate the good news. Let's say there's some um, really rare fatal disease. And you saw this little uh, article in the SAC B. Oh, they found a drug that will cure this fatal uh, disease. And you say, oh, that's nice. And then you, you turn the sports page, because that's what you're interested in, OK? But what if you had that disease? Well, that would, be, that would be the best news that you've ever heard. And given the fact that everyone here was born into sin, missing the mark, and fall short, even though we try. And the penalty is absolutely hor horrific. This is good news. So... S is sin. Now, if you want to pass the quiz, you would actually take notes and jot this down and write sin. What do you think G stands for? It could be good, yeah. 
God. God is in the middle. And those are good guesses. Okay, I heard it. It's grace. Now, grace and gift means the same thing. I mean, we, I saw that word as we were singing the songs, right? Okay. So the first, the first one is the uh, Delta King. That's a kid's story. Uh, the second story is the dirty shoe story. Second night. I'd, I'd say, boys, who wants this? And everybody thinks it's a trick. You want it? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay, so then I take off my shoe and my sock, and I hand it. What's your name? Andrew. I hand it to I'm not going to take my sock off. I said, Andrew, take my sock, and you know all this mud and stuff, we were out there uh, hiking around, I want you to clean it off. So Andrew cleans it off, and he hands it back. And I said, hmm, much better, okay. Andrew, here, here you go. And then uh, I put up another dollar. Who wants this dollar? What's your name? <laughs> Armstrong's says, yeah, raise your hand. I said, ooh, ooh, I want it. Say it, raise your hand. I want it, okay. There you go. And all the boys say, hey, that's not fair. He didn't do anything. Well, I didn't say he had to do anything. For, uh, what's your name again? For Andrew, I mean, what's the commercial transaction? Uh, he's scratching my back, you know, doing my, my shoe, and I give him, I pay him. But for Armstrong, it's just a gift. And that's the good news. See, what we were trying, trying so hard, you know, hit, hitting the target, jumping across. We're doing our best we can, and all have failed, all have sinned, all have fallen short. But what we can't do God does as a gift. See, I didn't, uh, uh, so going back to that uh, verse, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus. Isn't that cool? But you know, uh, it's really hard. Uh, I guess sinful man is wired, and they have all these religions, and you go through the rituals. The Pharisees had all their rules to do, and even some Christians, so-called, think that being right with God is a matter of checking the boxes. You check all the boxes, you do all the right things, and then you can earn your way just like Armstrong did. Wow, he's given me a gift. Are you going to give me a gift too? Thank you. All right. <laughs> Poor pastor here. Okay. So sin is the Delta King story. G is the dirty shoe story. Okay, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life. R. 
Uh, there's actually two R's here. What do you think the first R means? Repent! I should give her a million dollars, but I'm not because she won't take it. <laughs> okay, so here is the Disneyland story. I am a negligent father. I have six kids. They're adults now. But never, 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 never have I ever taken them to the happiest place on earth. What's the happiest place on earth? Disneyland. I was too cheap. And you know what? It's too expensive. And times six plus two adults, forget it. I'm not going to take them to Disneyland. But let's say I did. This is a fictional story. This is a kid's story. And I said to my little kids now, I'm going to take you to the happiest place on earth, Disneyland. So jump in the van. I got to warn you, it's a long, long drive. But you'll know we're getting close because, you see, Disneyland has this artificial mountain called the Matterhorn. It's right by the highway. And as we get close, you'll see the big mountain there. And you'll know we're almost there at the happiest place on earth. And we're driving and driving. And said, are we there yet? Are we there yet? I said, no, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. And then suddenly, to the distance, they see that mountain. And they get excited. We said, Disneyland! We're getting close to Disneyland! And I keep driving, and I say, that's not the Matterhorn. That's Mount Shasta. What did I do? I went the wrong way on I-5. I went north. I should have gone south. And you know how dads are, especially men. We have this certain pride. We don't want to admit we did anything wrong. I said, no, no, no. That's Disney. But you know, I, I, you know, I, can't, I can't do that to my kids. I have to confess kids daddy made a mistake I don't keep going I push on the brake I slow down maybe at weed get on the overpass and then I go the right direction the word repent sounds like a real complicated religious word it's so so simple it's simple means you stop going one direction you turn around you go the right direction you go to God it seems simple but Jesus says broad is the way to destruction most of the people are going to go that way narrow is the way to salvation to life and few find it one of the uh, saddest verses in the Bible uh, Cain and Abel uh, and God, to the very end, was willing to work with Cain, who killed his brother. But Cain walked away from the presence of the earth, from the from the presence of the Lord. And you go to the other end of the Bible, and we see the at the end times, and the earth dwellers, despite these ramping up plagues of revelation, um, they continue their way and reject God. Repenting means 
to stop going the wrong way and heading toward God. And here we have uh, our passage from, uh, from Acts. Uh, 17. Now, brothers, I know that you acted in ignorance. You didn't know sugar jar. You didn't understand. But this is how God fulfilled what he foretold for the prophets. His Christ would suffer. Repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, may be blotted out. Uh, I love to tell this to my uh, uh, juvenile hall young men. We're doing church, and I said, you know, uh, the uh, probation officers, they got computers there. They're going to type in your name. And, you know, under your name is your record. And some of you have done some serious things. Your rap sheet is a mile long and some serious crime. Some of you have d committed homicide. What if they type in your name and your whole record was erased? It's clean. And they say, hey, what happened to your record? It's all erased. What are you doing here? Get out of here. Get out of juvenile hall. You're free. Well, they kind of chuckle. Isn't that what it says in God's word? All those sins... The bad things, lying, stealing, cheating, and also failing to reach God. Those sins, too, are all blotted out. They're all wiped clean. It is as, as if you have never sinned. It is if you are just as righteous as our Lord Jesus Christ. Another favorite uh, verse that I uh, recite in the prisons, as far as the east is from the west, that is how far God has removed your sins from you. Repentance. If you confess that you've gone the wrong way, you stop going that wrong way. You, instead, you t go toward God. What a promise. What good news. All right, remember the stories now. For S, it's sin, the Delta King. G is grace, the dirty shoe, R, repent, Disneyland. What does J stand for? Jesus, thank you. I may give you a prize, but, you know, you don't want one dollar, right? You want a million and I asked the boys, boys, tell me everything you know about Jesus. And some of them have some church background. They can recite the Christmas story. And, you know, Jesus is a good man. And he had some disciples. And uh, he was a miracle worker. He could feed with 5,000 people with loaves and fishes. Uh, he can cure the sick. But one thing they'll say, well, Jesus... Uh, Jesus, uh, he died on the cross for our sins. What does that mean? Some adults can't really explain it. So I gave them a story. It's a playground story. Now, I won't 
No, I, 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 I'd like to have this enacted, but I'll just use your imagination. Uh, uh, Armstrong and, what's your name? <laughs> Andrew. <laughs> your brothers, right? They love each other. They love, they're, they're six years old and seven. Well, I don't know how old uh, the, the age difference is. And, and they love to play, and they want to go to the playground after school, and they ask their dad, Dad, can, I go, can we go to the playground after school? And dad says, you can. But there's only one rule. Because when you get to the street, what should you do? Look both ways. Because what are the consequences if you don't? You're going to get hit by a car. Very basic. So... Uh, Andrew and Armstrong, every day they would hold hands and look both ways and they'll go and they'll play every day, every day, every day. They go to the playground. But one day, Andrew got excited. He forgot the rule. And he started darting off on the street. I'm doing slow motion here. And all of a sudden, there's this FedEx truck coming 200 miles per hour around the corner. And it, that truck was this far away from Andrew. Were you scared? Yeah, he was scared. What's going to happen to Andrew? He's going to turn into a grease spot on the, uh, on the uh, highway. But Armstrong, his loving brother, he loved Andrew. Armstrong did nothing wrong. He followed the rules. He was perfect. He does not deserve to die. But Armstrong saw Andrew in the middle of the street. And he sprinted to Andrew. I'm doing slow motion. And right at the last second, he pushed Andrew to safety. Andrew deserves to die, but he's safe on the other side. What happened to Armstrong? He got smushed. I have another story. Actually, it's for, uh, more for adults, especially for men, because men like to watch these, uh, these uh, war, war movies, right? This is typical. This is from many war movies, right? They're in the foxhole in World War II. Um, it could be the Japanese, or the Germans, whatever. But all of a sudden, all these American soldiers are in there, and this live grenade falls right in the middle. It's going to explode in half a second, right? Everybody's looking at it. They're all going to die. But at the last minute, last nanosecond, one of the men jumps on top of a live grenade. What happens to him? He turns into hamburger. But he saves his buddies. You think of God, you think of infinity. Did you know there's a limit to love? 
Because the Bible says, greater love has no man that he give his life for a brother. You know why? Because you cannot give more than your own life. Once you give your own life, that's the maximum love. And guess that? And you know that Jesus did just that. You know, when we talk about love, we talk about love a lot in the church. Did you know, women, that sometimes the men get kind of, they don't feel right. You know, love, you know, that touchy-feely, that warm and fuzzy kind of thing. He said, oh, yeah, maybe I'll do that to snag a woman, but... Yeah, I don't feel, it doesn't feel right with men. But you know, there is a type of love that men crave from other men. It's the throw your body on a live grenade kind of love. Every man needs to have another man who cares, who will watch his back, willing to give his life so that I will live. You know, juvenile hall, the young men there, that's their problem. They didn't have that kind of love in their homes, so they went out to the streets to get it. And they hung out with the wrong guys because they were craving this kind of love, and it led them in the wrong place. Well, the love that all of us need, the throw-your-body-on-a-live-grenade kind of love, that men and women, boys and girls, universally need. We find it in Jesus. There's a symbol of Christianity. It's the cross, right? You think, wow, this is actually symbolic of those Romans. They, 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 uh, they made uh, uh, execution an art. They, they, they were uh, professionals in killing. The point of the cross is humiliation, uh, excruciating torture, and finally death. They wanted to draw that, that uh, execution out uh, as, as far as possible and make it public. Uh, hang them up in a public place. The message, don't mess with Rome. Don't mess with Rome. But after Jesus gave his life on the cross, this became a symbol of maximum love. Maximum love. If you understand the, the, the uh, uh, playground story, this is called the playground story. You explain it to a little child. That little child will know more about the cross, the meaning of the cross, than many adults. Which brings us to our last R. You taking notes for the quiz? Sin is the uh, Delta King story. G is grace. That is the uh, dirty shoe story. R, the first R, is the repentance. That's the Disneyland story. J is the playground story. R means receive. That's the Super Bowl story. Especially if these boys are from uh, South Central and Watts. They, they like football. They watch football. Imagine the last 
play of the Super Bowl. This, this will be the world champions, okay? Last play, and your team is down by a touchdown. There's only a second on the clock. This will be the last play, and you are down by a touchdown. The ball is snapped, and your favorite quarterback backs up, backs up, backs up into the, uh, uh, the end zone of the opposing team. And he cocks his arm, and he throws that football, and it twirls all the way, all the way across the field, all the way to the other side, to the, uh, to the end zone, to your favorite receiver. And it was a perfect throw, and it's in his arms, in the numbers, and the cheerleaders are cheering, and you're cheering, and you're jumping up and down. We won. We won the Super Bowl. Well, did you win the Super Bowl? Well, no. What do the rules say? Until that referee calls it, you know, those arms up, and says that the receiver took possession. You see, you have to take possession of the ball before the point is scored. You see, uh, I can hand this to Andrew here, and if he doesn't take possession, it doesn't belong to him, right? And sadly, though, the gospel message is told all over the world, a lot of people... They said, oh, I'm too busy. I said, no, this religious stuff is not for me. Or, you know, it's just a, a lot of uh, fairy tales. There are things that are important. I said, maybe when I'm real old and I'm ready to die, then I'll get right with God. And then there are some who come to our churches. They come every Sunday. They pray. They put some money in the offering. And uh, everything looks good. They may have Christian parents, and they don't lie, and they don't steal. And everybody's clapping and jumping up and down. Yes, they have, they're right with God. They're going to have eternal life. But the thing is, it looks good. But they've never taken possession They've never made Jesus their own. Jesus uh, rebuked the Pharisees. He said, oh yeah, everything looks good. You're beautiful on the outside. You're like whitewashed sepulchers. Inside is full of corruption and dead men's bones. I know this doesn't, doesn't happen in your park view. There's a few churches down the street. I kind of scratch my head and wonder. Are all those people, they look pretty good. I mean, they act well. But have they actually taken possession? Well, time is up. Sugar jar. 
Just one last review before I quiz. I'm not going to quiz you, but I want you to quiz each other, and I want you to tell each other these little kids' stories and see if he can do it, because I want you to go on a cru cruise with me, and I want you to put you out there with a Bible, and I want you to share with a, a smiling stranger the gospel basics. S is sin. That is the Delta King story. G is grace or gift. That's the dirty shoe story. R is repent. That's the Disneyland story. J is Jesus. That's the playground story. R is receive. The Super Bowl story. You think you can get an A plus on the quiz? I'll tell you what. If you miss a few, you keep trying, and then once you get them all, you can have lunch. How's that, okay? I can hear those tummies growling, okay? Okay. Let's pray with me. And if you are a believer, if you have received, if you know the joy of knowing Jesus, I want you to pray maybe for somebody in this room. Maybe there's one, maybe there's two who has not received the gift of salvation. They might have tried. They might be falling short. They might be missing the mark. But maybe today, maybe this morning, in the quiet of their heart, they can say, you know, I confess I've been going the wrong way. I want to stop going that way. I want to turn around and go to God. Now, if that, is, if that one person is you, would you pray with me? Oh, dear God, I do want to confess that I've been going the wrong way. I've been going the wrong path. I want to stop. I want to go to you, that all my sins will be blotted out, and I will receive that gift that you give us, a precious gift that will transform my life, transform my eternity, and I will be with you. And we, I know it's not because of good works or checking off little boxes. It's just a matter of turning to you and saying yes, yes to God. Yes, I want Jesus in my life. And though most of the world are going the broad way to destruction, I want to go the narrow way because we know that this narrow way leads to life. I love you, God, Jesus, because you first loved me. You gave up your life that I can live, and I want to receive that uh, gift of salvation uh, right now, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. And if there was one or two of you who prayed that prayer, uh, please talk to your spiritual leaders in this church. Or give me a call. I'd be glad to meet with you and, and give you a good head start on, on how to follow the way to, uh, to God. Um, let's stand, and I'll pronounce the benediction, and we'll, uh, we'll end this service. Let's stand, please. A gracious God, you are gracious, you give gifts. This is your nature, and I thank you for giving us the gift of this message, and I pray for these dear people here that you'll give them an opportunity. It could be with a little child. 
Give them the opportunity to share the gospel basics. And now may the God of all salvation bless us and keep us in your spirit as you send us out into this world. We pray that we will be faithful uh, to the very end to serve you, to love you, and to love the world as Jesus loves. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you, and have a wonderful rest of the day.